0: Hey everyone, I'm Chris Hall and you're listening to the Downtime Podcast, where we delve deep into the gravity-based side of mountain biking. This week's episode is supported by PNW Components and MuckOff, and I've got a great competition and a discount code for you too. Muckoff is the original bike cleaner invented way back in 1994 when most of us were using washing up liquids to clean our bikes which believe it or not contains salt and actually causes corrosion and that was just the start for Muckoff. they've now got a full range of products to help you clean protect and lube your bike because after all a clean bike is a happy bike. By using a combination of their awesome nanotech bike cleaner, bio drivetrain cleaner, bike protect and the right lube for the weather conditions, you're going to have a bike that runs better, faster and lasts longer. And let's face it, replacing parts, especially drivetrains, is expensive and parts are pretty scarce right now too. You'll even find that by using Bike Protect, not only will you get that pro-looking finish, but you'll stop any corrosion and the mud will also have a harder time sticking to your bike, saving you from carrying that additional weight on a ride or even a race run. So show your bike some love and check out the Muckoff Off range. To give you a chance to give it a try, Muck Off are kindly offering 20% off to all downtime listeners. All you need to do is to use the code DOWNTIME20. That's downtime, all uppercase, followed by the number 20 with no spaces at the checkout over on muckoff.com. It's a single use per customer so make sure you make the most of it it doesn't apply to sale items but it covers everything else so hit up muckoff.com and see what you need that's muck-off.com muckoff are also kindly giving away a pressure washer bundle and all you have to do to be in with a chance to win one is to answer one super easy question over at downtimepodcast.com forward slash muckoff that's m-u-c o-f-f head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash muckoff now and enter you've got until the end of june to get it done with a range handlebar, p Components set out to design a bar that works perfectly with the move to longer reach and wider bars. They've chosen a 10 degree back sweep and 5 degree up sweep to give the range handlebar a more ergonomic riding position that's easier on your shoulders and reduces wrist fatigue. They've combined that with a compliant 2014 aluminium, which resembles carbon fibre's chatter absorbing qualities, but at a much more wallet friendly price. Add in a 30mm rise and the PNW Components range handlebar creates the perfect blend for your most demanding rides. And unlike most things in the bike industry, they're actually in stock and available right now. So head to pnwcomponents.com now to find out more. All the links you need are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. If you want to support the show, you can get your hands on the full range of merch over at downtimepodcast.com shop. Please make sure you're following the podcast wherever it is you listen. There's probably a button there that says follow or subscribe, so hit that now. It's free and it means you'll get every episode as soon as it's available. If you can't find the button, then you can head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash subscribe where there's links to all the major platforms to help you out. I'd also really love it if you'd give me a follow on Instagram and Facebook where I'm at Downtimepodcast. All right, the World Cup starts this weekend in Leergang, so I thought it'd be a good time to catch up with one of the guys who's going to be keen to try and get on that podium, Greg Williamson. I stopped in to see Greg while I was on my Scotland road trip last month, and we had a great catch-up. We chat about Greg's time on Uno and his move to Comensal. We find out what goes on at pre-season testing and just how much thought and effort goes into making the Comensal teams so competitive. Greg also shares his thoughts on some hot topics like rider value. This was a fun, free-flowing conversation with a rider who's clearly in a really good place coming into the 2021 season. So, without further ado, here's
1: Greg Williamson.
2: Greg Williamson, welcome back to the Downtime Podcast. How's right. things with you?
1: Thanks very much. Yeah, good to be here. Uh, been good, mate. Um, been a busy off season. Uh, I've had one of my best. Uh, I know everyone says that, but like, I was definitely going through a rough couple of years there. And uh-huh. uh, now nah, it's good to be. Uh, Back out and firing. Can't wait for the first World Cup in three weeks. Yeah,
2: not long to go now. (laughs) It's crazy. That's (laughs) cool, man. Nice. Well, yeah, last time we spoke, it was, I think, early 2018. That's right. And you'd just come off Cube, but I don't think we were able to talk about Uno at that point. I think it was still under wraps.
1: And and some things Cube as well. Like, that was quite a rough get Uh, out of there. And, uh, yeah, no, it's definitely been... A crazy couple of years, some, <laughs> like, it's been, I've learned so much, that's one thing to take away from it. Is, yeah. and I've learned a lot about how to, you know, conduct yourself in situations, and, like, the best way to try and get, you're always trying to get the best out of yourself, and, yeah. and come off as, as clean as you can without, you know, causing too much disruption, but, uh, no, definitely, Cube, we kind of came to our heads, and it was pretty, like, at the time, a uh, rough get out there. Okay. Just because I fell out with the team owner, right, and uh, it, we just weren't agreeing on certain things, and we both weren't happy, so it was, it was time to go. And that's always a rough kind of uh, thing to do. I never right. had to do that in my career. I was, with Trek, it was like that came to an end, and that was that. Uh, so this was like second time round with a team, and it was like, oh, shit! I didn't, I never really seen myself going into the situation where. I would actually be confrontational with a with a team manager and owner and yeah yeah, yeah and we we talk now which is cool nice. uh, and everything's fine but like it was just uh it was just a weird situation In you know the, heat of the moment heat of the, exactly and yeah. you just uh yeah it was one of them and so I was pretty fired up for the whole UNO chapter as well
2: yeah how did that come about then because that was a bit of a it's mm-hmm. quite a left field opportunity, a little bit different.
1: Definitely, yeah. No, I ch- I tried with some teams. There were some options to go to some um, some lower sort of World Cup teams, yeah. uh, and I was keen on that. Uh, but then when the Uno thing came up as a <laughs> option, I still uh, had Martin Whitley uh, managing me at the time. Okay, and he was good friends because he kind of brought Caesar through uh, a similar yeah, okay. thing with the Orange uh, team back in the day. So. Yeah. That was cool. So he kind of helped liaison like all that sort of deal. And actually I took him on as a manager those years to just basically bring in and take the pressure off me with mm-hmm. a lot of the organising that goes on with yeah. the World Cup team. So yeah, I I kind of ran the team with, with Cesar. Yeah. And that was another amazing kind of time just like seeing how his business worked and all the companies that he designs for and god it's actually (laughs) i still am mind-boggled by how much work he does like he's got such good worth ethic worth ethic work ethic and uh and he he works like all hours of the day yeah and dude like some of the stuff he has going on is crazy and yeah we realistically looking back we didn't have enough time to run the team but yeah, I was going to say, Even, people,
2: people th- I guess, think you just rode for Uno, but you ran that whole team, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, like, through the week, I'd be speaking with the sponsors, making sure we've got all the parts, loading up the camper from here, which is a- another flipping mission in itself, like, <laughs> I drive 12 hours to get out of the UK, yeah, and yeah. then it's almost shorter on the other side when we're in Europe, so, <laughs> it's crazy, but, uh, yeah, I got my HGV licence and you? everything, like, yeah, and, had a camper and stuff like that and yeah that's that's another whole story like I don't even know where to start with that but uh (laughs) you must have learned a lot though because like dealing
2: with all the sponsors and stuff like when you're on a team that's all kind of being handled Mm -hmm. you've got like one direct contact into the team I guess yeah and they're dealing with all the sponsors making sure products there Mm -hmm. and you don't see maybe all the logistics and all the behind the scenes stuff that has to go on and then suddenly you're doing it
1: yeah exactly (laughs) no so that was that was unbelievable like kind of how I managed to kind of do that and race um so I was I was pretty proud that I was doing that but then looking back it's just like why did I do that
2: yeah did did you have time to like train and recover and all that was it how did it fit in
1: I squeezed it in as much as I could like I really just like right I'm getting the stand then and I'm going out riding and a few things did run late because of it like yeah. you'd be burning the candle at both ends but uh it was like as you say like a good learning experience and I uh I'm definitely stronger off with it having done and gone through it and I had a way better understanding which was awesome because yeah. the cube thing a couple of the things that went wrong there I I was kind of mad about it with them and I understood it so much more having <laughs> after run the okay. team. so I was yeah. like wow like yeah like that was a good like kind of you know check on myself and everything so yeah you see it from both sides i guess yeah suddenly like ah that's
2: why they were trying to do that (laughs) yeah
1: and i can fair play to all the teams right now dealing with covid and late orders yeah stuff on delay so it's even tougher now you know
2: yeah i was chatting with nico the other day and he was saying they're they're having to be like a little bit careful on how much they ride downhill just because they don't want to burn through parts because it's in such short supply Mm-hmm. Is that, are you having any worries like that with the team or are you pretty much able to just go and thrash bikes and break stuff and not worry too much? Y-
1: yes. Um Parts, we're still waiting on a couple of things, like same as Nico probably, because we're yeah. both running E13 wheels. They're uh, delayed, okay. uh, but um everything else is fine. And fortunately I'm not too heavy on wheels or, okay. or bike parts to be fair. Oh, that's good. Um quite lucky and i don't know why but i don't really break stuff that that's much.
2: pretty unusual right Downhillers yeah. generally just get through especially wheels right because you're yeah. riding riding so hard that mm-hmm. it's inevitable
1: stuff's going to break exactly you're yeah not,
2: you're not a big bike bike breaker or not parts really breaker. no
1: i actually found it quite frustrating uh when i was on trek with uh brick mcdonald and people <laughs> like that like they would break stuff left and right and they're like go on greg like test that like see if you can like put it through spaces and i'll be like <laughs> wheel will come back perfectly straight (laughs) keeps your mechanic (laughs) happy right yeah yeah for sure (laughs) i think it's because i had like those couple years privateer before right like i actually had i rode for nuke proof uh just like a uk sort of team before trek and i rode a race set of wheels and a practice set for the whole world cup season without i tightened the spokes up like when they came loose but they did the whole (laughs) thing good effort which is crazy like so yeah do you think it's like just a light riding style or yeah i try and be like as smooth as possible and i definitely like pick or lean towards smoother lines on the track yeah uh so it is a bit kind of having come from cross-country as well bikes didn't handle it very well and yeah i just kind of naturally do it now learn
2: how to do it yeah yeah and the terrain around here i guess is pretty unforgiving you've got to kind of, yeah <laughs> you've got to be good at picking a line and staying light and keeping out of all the definitely the big holes yeah yeah definitely yeah
0: fair play what
2: was the bike like to ride that una then because i think like I mean it's a real poster yeah. child bike isn't it? Like mm-hmm. Everyone would put that on their wall and be like absolutely oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and finally you've got
1: your hands on one. Like, yeah, how was it? It was incredible. Yeah. Like I can still say I'm not sure I'll have he come and tell you this <laughs> but, but I'll say it it's an incredible bike. Yeah. Uh the only thing that kind of pushed me to leave from that team was the size. It, right, was, okay. it was just too small and yeah. there's so much effort they put into like handcrafting like literally like they had two employees I think at the time laying up these carbon frames, like, handcrafted. Wow. Which was amazing to see, but you could see the effort and how much, like, Cesar had put into finding that perfect kind of feel yeah. and balance yeah, of yeah. the bike. So that was amazing, and uh, I would have, I think, we could have maybe made it longer the time spent in the, you know, had I got a bigger bike, uh-huh. but it just uh, wasn't the case, unfortunately. Yeah. But, uh, phew, um yeah things have moved on <laughs> yeah. it's going well for me so yeah. i can't i can't complain definitely but, yeah. was
0: that
2: was that on 275 wheels that you know yeah
1: yeah the last world cup we kind of had well i i had a a rough go of, uh 2018 i actually crashed at national champs and hit my head pretty bad okay and uh i immediately from there drove the camper to Morzine, uh-huh. and then I kind of ignored the fact that I may have a concussion. I right. literally never got the proper kind of... Well, no, that's not true. Let me go back a bit. Uh, so National Champs did that, never raced, because uh-huh. it was in seeding. Yeah. Then I went to, I think, Shrewsbury Hospital or something like okay. this, and my mechanic, Jesse, and Michael Vickers, which are a good key in how I initially found this concussion... Uh, to drove with me in the camper yeah <laughs> to like making sure I'm all right and uh, got checked out at the hospital uh, they did a concussion test and yeah. stuff like that and I was all good so from then I drove to the tunnel uh, my girlfriend actually flew down and came out with me yeah uh, kind of as she was a bit <laughs> on the fence as well and <laughs> I, I looking back this is so silly now but yeah I, th- I thought it was fine. Well, uh, if the
2: hospital have said you know.
1: you're fine. You kind of believe the e- the experts yeah. in inverted commas, don't you? Cause exactly. Exactly. Like, what else can you do? Yeah. Yeah. So we kind of went out to Morzine and kind of got ready for Val de Sol the next World Cup, which was 2 weeks later. Yeah. Uh all good, felt a little bit hazy looking back again, but um no, all good. And then got to Val de Sol and I couldn't even ride 10 seconds without getting like dizzy or out of breath. Well, And I was just like, like kind of ignoring it. Yeah. And then second day of practice, I was like, "Mm, something's up. And then qualies, I'm getting ready for my quali run. and Michael Vickers at the time was kind of helping me out with team managing. And uh, he was kind of like, yeah, you you do seem a bit off. And uh, I was like, okay. Um, And so we went to the doctor that was at the Valdesol race and He's like, yeah, you're definitely dealing with a concussion. And uh-huh. it was, a, and then we got some more checks, and it was uh delayed onset concussion. Right, okay. So, yeah, it kind of was sitting dormant, I guess, and wow. kind of just more came into fruition, and I really, like, was struggling. So from that point, we cancelled Lenzer Hyde, cancelled the next World Cups, and yeah. just drove home. Like, they all drove with me, and we took turns or whatever. And... Uh, Yeah, just uh, got back. I lay in a dark room for, like, I did, like, follow the full protocol that Michael kind of snuck from BC (laughs) uh, for concussions, which was awesome, and, like, I thank him so much for that. So no screen time, dark room. No phones, TVs off, everything. Like, I did it properly, like, for almost a month. Uh, Jeez. Yeah, crazy. Like, literally just in my room, curtains shut. just. And it was the best thing I could have done. Uh, so like from now on Now I'm super cautious of concussions Like yeah. And I tell everyone like Unfortunately actually There's a kid who's had two bad crashes uh, In Inverness mm-hmm. And uh, He uh, I told him about my story And kind of Tried to lay it into him And <laughs> let him know how serious it is Yeah And he's, he went out riding the other day Oh man And I was just like and I know how hard it is to just be like No I need to chill But he was so keen to go riding And, and I was just like, what, what the heck are you doing? Like, <laughs> <laughs> come on. Um, uh, so yeah, no, people don't really realise how serious it can be sometimes, yeah. unfortunately.
2: Yeah, how, how long did it take after that kind of month of full, you know, off of everything, dark room or all that side of things, how long did it start to take, like getting back to more normal life to be able to ride a bit? Like, how did you ease yourself
1: back into it? Uh, I really eased back into it, like slowly doing little bits at a time. Yeah. Uh, and then I got I found out I got selected for World Champs. Yeah. In um in in Yeah. And then uh Snowshoe. And I just uh I just eased up kind of perfectly. Like I wasn't particularly like firing all cylinders, but I was healthy and yeah. I was definitely better rested after my time off. So I came into Montyan I think we we're we we're like I was a, a bit off the pace. And I'd also decided to change to the mullet, which we've been playing about with. And so we actually threw a 29 and kind of switched up the geometry a bit. Yeah. And I liked that, especially on those fast, like canadian track yeah, like yeah crazy so yeah no that helped a bit and gave me a bit of confidence and i was like right cool it's good to-. and then getting american out of the way was good i think i was top 20 or something and You're 14th mate 14th yeah that's not bad at world yeah. chance yeah. considering you were easing your way back in yeah <laughs> no for on sure on a track like that as well definitely <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so i was like okay that's given me a bit of confidence Ooh. and i feel better for it and then snowshare i was like right, let's let's go for it like I, I don't know what it is about american races as well like the crowd gets behind it and <laughs> it looked like half of America had turned up to that it, <laughs> yeah. wild. it was crazy and uh yeah they were they, it was super fun weekend that actually I can't wait to go back there hopefully at the end of the year yeah and uh but yeah that was a yeah an awesome race I was I was going for it again and felt good and that's when I kind of realized like right I need to uh keep an eye on this sort of concussion thing and yeah and kind of let people know as well like just cause, you know, you've seen it with G. Atherton's had some bad ones in yeah. his time. And, like, all of us have kind of, you know, you need to be careful with it. and Yeah, yeah. listen to your body. And it's also this thing that, like, no one really knows. Like, it's kind of like this mystical, like, thing, like, where it just kind of makes you kind of fuzzy. It's like, well, how can we actually because it's so hard to pinpoint the brain like and yeah, what's yeah. actually causing things or how bad it is so yeah
2: and they still I think they still don't fully understand it do they that's part of the problem it's hard to pick up on it's hard to know exactly what's going on but it sounds like you did all the all the right stuff and yeah good, good to have that support from Michael and definitely yeah like Michael that. was
1: a big part in that for sure yeah. just like yeah definitely. recognizing it so it's good having the right support around yeah. you to kind of Yeah, yeah. Pretty hard as an athlete, though, to spend a month kind of not doing anything. Did you find that really challenging? Yeah. No, it was, yeah. Um, But I knew it was what I needed to do. So I just kind of did it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's weird even talking about it now. It gets me like fucking kind of mad, like what happened. But yeah. It's just it's how it is, unfortunately, yeah. with the sport.
2: Well, yeah, but then you came back to some of your best results over the last couple of years, right? 14th mm-hmm. at World Champs is already in itself pretty incredible, but 7th at Snowshoe, you must have been really chuffed with that, especially at the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, to close out a couple of tough, like you said, tough years. Definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was kicking myself. I, uh, Yeah, I've been close to that podium for a while, as everyone kind of knows. and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I slipped the gear and oh, grabbed man. a handful and like... <laughs> went down all my gears going onto the pedal straight and that kind of killed a bit of time and dropped my foot in the section so that oh, I just looked okay. back on that race and I'm like why did I do that <laughs> so you reckon there was a podium on there yeah, yeah? for sure. I think so but yeah, yeah. It's a, that's racing
2: so. yeah it is I mean tricky track though right because it had quite a few sort of relatively flat sections some big
1: pedals mm-hmm. some areas where you had to carry a lot of speed it was an yeah. odd, odd track I guess. it was yeah yeah for sure but it was yeah as I say American racing is like Oh man. like I hope we do more <laughs> over there, like there's far too many in just Europe, yeah, we need to make it a more rounded World Cup series,
2: yeah, it'd be cool to see more out there. I think the fans were so stoked to have a world Cup back yeah. in the u s that so many people made the trip up, like, definitely, yeah, know? yeah, and incredible. not only
1: that, like people are like like no disrespect to Europe, but like in America, they're calling like your name, like they know who you are, they follow it Fair a lot news. closer than I think people realize, uh-huh. and in Europe. Linderhide. Some of them, you'd be lucky if any of them could name the top rider's name. Okay,
2: so they're just coming because it's an event nearby. I, I think so,
1: yeah. yeah. Personally, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, it was mad, like watching the crowd at the bottom with Danny and everything, like the noise. It was insane. It was just mad. And that was like the most obscure finish line ever because it was <laughs> at the bottom of the mountain. Yeah. And everything was at the top. So you were kind of, you'd just uh, have okay. to take a trip down there to kind of... Yeah.
2: Yeah, because the pits are at the top. Yeah, and
1: it was kind of like in like a, like a flipping bottom of the barrel sort of thing. Like <laughs> it was weird. Like it was yeah, so cool that yeah. they showed up and it, what a race it was with Amory and Danny. Oh, yeah. It was so exciting to watch. That like, was incredible.
2: Yeah. So. Fair play. How does it compare to Fort William? Because Fort William does a pretty good job of putting on a yeah. crowd and a lot of
1: excitement. <laughs> well, I'm biased for Fort William, you know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Fort William's another absolutely incredible one. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm so glad we missed two years there now. Especially, I'd love to get the common cell up there and uh, see how she races because I've been up there a few practice days and, oh, it's insane. Yeah, you, said, just,
2: you said you're having fun up there. It's been pretty yeah. dry the last
1: few weeks up there, yeah? Yeah, yeah, no, it's crazy. Like, on Monday there, we, we were just chilling and you could take your top off. It was so sunny and warm. It was like, there it is. right, here we go, <laughs> summer. <laughs> so you're up there doing timed runs and, like, race practice type stuff? Yep. Yeah, we did like a, a mock race simulation and stuff, so I, I've i been going up there since I got back uh, a couple of times a week, okay. and uh, started off with just easing myself in because it is a completely different animal. Yeah. It doesn't matter how fit you are or whatever, like, as soon as you do your first couple of runs there, you feel like a squid. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, it was, um, it was good to brush off the cobwebs there, yeah. and then do some sectioning, uh, like, Time some bits, yeah. uh, just, you know, break it all up and then, and then kind of go into like more race simulation once I got to know it again and yeah. uh, lay down some heaters.
2: Sweet. So you're going through a full like quality day race day. Is that how you set up to do it? So right. exactly yeah. as you would at a World Cup?
1: Yeah, pretty much. With uh, obviously you can get things done a bit quicker with your own schedule and yeah, that. So we do try and take like a lunch break and like kind of give it that break before. Race or whatever, yep. so that's the hardest thing because you just see everyone blasting out runs and you're like <laughs> oh, like do we have to just sit here and but no it's good, yeah, yeah, do you feel that
2: really helps prepare you like is it is there something that you can't get from just going and smashing out laps that 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 gives you,
1: yeah, um, to be honest, I never really used to do it, uh, I have done in the past from time to time, but um kind of. The coach kind of suggested it and I thought, yeah, why why wouldn't we do that? You know, it's yeah. it's what we do on the weekends, so why shouldn't we do it Yeah, as a mock? So, yeah, it, it was good.
2: Nice. Yeah. And do you, like, how important are the times at an event like that? Are you really studying them? Are you looking to find time to go mm-hmm. faster as you would at a race or are you a bit more, it's there, but it's less it's kind of critical? Does that make sense?
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I don't study the times... Well, I do study the times, uh, but not as much as I might on like after a vine or whatever. Because yeah. I was kind of just racing myself, uh, but um, definitely like looking at where uh, where I could get that perfect run, so I was quicker on the first split, like on the second run, but the, th- the fourth run was quicker here. And it's like, okay. how do I blend all these kind of together? And then, yeah. Um, yeah. So no, I do, and um, it's just been. It's been cool just to go up there because uh, it's close to home yeah. and it's a proper World Cup track, so, yeah. Why not? Yeah, exactly. And you've got that an hour
2: or well, two hours away. It's, mm-hmm. You might as well go and use it, right? Exactly. And you say in some of the other fast UK lot are up there, so Charlie Hatton, G, Joe Breeden. That's right. Laurie's been up recently.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: do you... Like, do you share any times, date, or like date? Yeah. Or are you watching oh, each this, other. Like, this how is does funny.
1: that? Yeah, no, for sure. They're, we're all talking times and like, oh, what do you get here? Oh, you did that today. That's oh, all right. <laughs> <I> like, <that. laughs> um, like them playing it, but uh, yeah. Um, no, definitely. There's there's all sorts of stories that fly around because everyone's crossing over their time at Fort William, and I think uh, Matt Walker was first to come up. I heard, uh-huh. and apparently he put down some heaters and. And then you hear boys like, oh, but he had a smoother track and now it's so rough. And it's like, oh, shut up. Like, uh, awesome. So, yeah, it's it's funny. Like you do hear and you do hear the times, but then there's no tape up there. So, okay. Uh, and everyone's taking like a, a different line through the woods or yeah. whatever. So, yeah, you don't you don't want to get caught up in that. <laughs> so the mind games have already started. Oh, yeah, definitely. Nah, as soon as you meet any of your competitors. In the off season, it's funny. You just you could there, you, you know. It's never off. Like yeah, because you guys generally get on, right? Absolutely. But that's that's what I love about the sport is because we don't have that contact racing. It's you you do kind of flex on each other a lot, but yeah. like it's kind of like all kind of fun and games and kind of till the clock's on, really. Yeah. Uh, but um, no, it's uh. It's it's always interesting because I think mentally it is coming a lot more into people, kind of how they chat and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's such a big part of it. Yeah.
2: And are you, like, checking out each other's bikes,
1: like, giving it a bit of a squish, like, checking what <laughs> ways? weighs? Soon as I pulled up at Fort William, I think three people jumped on my bike. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I'm like, ah. before I could even, like, tell that I'd like, get off, like, they're on it. Like, So that's a good thing because it kind of says, like, like yeah, I've been working hard on it this off season, and yeah, they obviously want to check her and G and that wanted to know the angles and stuff like <laughs> that. It's funny. So how much do you give away? You're pretty open with that sort of stuff. Yeah, Cause they I can't don't. really copy it. Well,
2: G could probably get a copy it <laughs> really quickly with their little three D <laughs> yeah. printing and uh, all of that jazz. But yeah, for most people, they can't make changes rapidly to the bike anyway, and they would need mm-hmm. to ride it. So I guess you're pretty safe telling some of that stuff, right? Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I don't really care. Yeah, I'll just say it. Um, there's some things I keep closer to my chest, but yeah. Yeah. The bike up, it's all down to the rider a lot of the time. So. Yeah.
2: And are you riding the
1: prototype Comments out at the moment, the one that's been covered up? And No, I'm not actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I have obviously been in Andorra. I've, I've been working close with it quite a lot of the time, but no, I won't be racing that. Okay. I'm actually sticking with the older bike with quite a few modifications to okay. make it kind of... Closer to how I want it, but you'll you'll see when it is released. It's quite a lot different as well. Yeah. So it is kind of good to have Amory and uh, and that kind of you know roughening out the edges of it and uh, <laughs> yeah, get it get it up to full running pace by the yeah. time the World Cups are going and stuff. So yeah. I think when it's ready, I'll I'll hop on it and Sweet. and see. But I didn't really want to try and get involved too much on that sort of stuff just yet with yeah. racing. Definitely in the off season, like I rode a few prototypes like that on in the off season. Yeah. I gave advice where I could but when it comes to kinda racing I wanna be like, you know, fully confident and Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Something so.
2: you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you as well as checking out the bikes, are
1: you looking at the athlete? Are you like,
2: oh, it's uh it's like he's lost a bit of weight or Yeah, like, no oh, definitely he looks in
1: good shape. Yeah, no, definitely. There's, and there's a lot of chat about that all the time, which is Oh, it's fun. Uh, so yeah, uh, Rubbing each other. Yeah, you look like you put on weight, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Oh my god, I have a good one. When my mates at home actually were like, "Oh, you don't look so good today. <laughs> like, that tire. Why did you put that on?" so just, it's so good. Just nice.
2: I love it. Bit of mind games. Bit of shit talk. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's bring it back. So 2019, you come out like rough concussion blah, blah 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 but then mm-hmm. good end to the season 14th and 7th snowshoe like getting back towards where you know you can be and where you'd want to be at what point did you start talking kind of deals for 2020
1: uh i actually i started early but finished very late because um okay. kind of just a couple of rides that i was hoping for never really came to much uh-huh. and then the common cell thing actually i didn't really i had it as a kind of what was it? Uh, Piesh actually kind of asked me what I was doing mid-season yeah. 2019. And I kind of never really thought much of it. I was like kind of, hmm, I couldn't really see myself on the team for some reason. And okay. I uh, just kind of cancelled it out. Uh, but then when I, when I started thinking about it more, I was like, oh, I could maybe like see how this would go. And then I, I gave him a call and I was like, so what's your kind of like plans for this and stuff like that? And kind of picked his brain a bit. And then really liked where it was going and then I was like and I think actually quite a few people like even close friends were surprised that I went okay. to come and sell hundred percent because I don't know I just I' never really seen it as an option for a while I don't know why but um yeah I went for it and uh it's been it's been great like uh
2: you've got some good teammates there you've got Hugo oh, totally. Frixelton and uh Thomas the stack yeah
1: that must be good fun like totally yeah they're crazy they're such <laughs> good lads and uh, it's it's been fun uh, so it's it's good to have teammates again as well because obviously on the Uno thing it was it no well I had Taylor yeah. the first year but then yeah second year I was kind of on my own so you, it does kind of isolate you a bit sometimes yeah 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 for yeah. sure
2: and it look yeah it looks like you guys have got a good vibe going on like is there any was there ever a concern about the kind of language barrier of going on to that, a was, my, team?
1: that was my main concern for yeah. sure and there's still that kind of problem sometimes Okay, uh, but that's that's kind of throughout even when I go to common cell sometimes like they're they're all French and or and so they yeah. would predominantly speak French and it's tough sometimes like a lot of time you'll be sat around the team uh kitchen table and you're just on your phone because they're all speaking <laughs> French but and it but it's it's okay you just gotta you just gotta deal with it yeah you know like uh have you picked up any
2: French along the way
1: I tried to yeah um I'll be honest though it's not very good that um, for some reason I pick up Spanish so okay. much easier and like I end up speaking that when I'm in Andorra or whatever, so.
2: yeah I've had that problem of accidentally picking the wrong language
1: <laughs> no I, I don't know why French to me is just so foreign like yeah. Spanish is a lot easier uh so fair enough yeah yeah you can see my, my books there for Spanish <laughs> oh yeah
2: so did you did you ride the Comencal- before you signed did you get a chance to have a go in it or was kind of amory and miriam's results enough to make you think well it must be pretty good
1: no definitely uh i I knew it was good uh i just i just didn't know really i actually don't really know why i never really thought of it and then uh yeah just as soon as i did i was like oh why did i not think of this sooner (laughs) sort of thing (laughs) (laughs) and then um yeah, we as soon as I spoke to Pish, uh Pierre Georges, the team manager, he uh, he kind of got the ball rolling and then before I knew it, I had a contract and yeah, everything was signed. So Nice. It was cool, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And uh, no, they've been so helpful, everyone there. It's super cool because, uh, and then I'd never really knew anyone at Commons the first year I rode for them. It right. was kind of, it was weird. It was like I'd kind of like just getting kind of thrown into a team and it was kind of... <laughs> I'd done my own thing, obviously. In the winter, I went out to New Zealand, yeah. and that was really cool because I just got loads of bike time on it. Nice. Uh, and then I was kind of ready to go with the, with the, and then lockdown hit, and then yeah, well that was that, and I couldn't really travel or yeah, kind of find out more about commental or that, so that kind of put a hold on things. And then they were like, right, come on, as soon as the season was done, come out and I met everyone, and that's nice. when I think good things started really happening there and sweet met uh Acher, the head engineer there yeah and his team and they're all like super young uh really smart guys just uh and the stuff they've got in the works is just incredible and you can see why commons are doing so well just now because they just have such a good team working round the clock uh to create the best bike so it's it's really i'm not just saying that i've never really seen such a hard working bunch and uh and progressive like they can turn around bikes a lot quicker than most so it's It's pretty nice place to be Mm -hmm. yeah
2: and uh doing pretty well on the lit kit award as well like yeah <laughs> 100% seem to to hook you up with some pretty nice kits last Absolutely, season Absolutely.
1: yeah no I, I, we get this a lot which is cool as well like I've got I've got a couple here I need to show you actually um, <laughs> nice. but, um for this year but Pierre again uh, he's a graphic designer ah, and sweet. he works closely with Mark at 100% and a lot of the designers so he's always trying to think of something fresh and yeah he does a good job of our kits for sure definitely
2: always nice to turn up looking good absolutely look good feel good yeah that's the first step (laughs) definitely Definitely. yeah Yeah. so how how did you feel when you got on that bike then because it's it's pretty different from the uno right it's i'm guessing size wise it's better fit for you like you're saying Mm -hmm. the uno is never quite as big as you would have wanted it to be yeah but then you've got you know. It's I guess well known for being a high pivot bike and yeah, and all the, of that sort of things like yeah. aluminium versus carbon like quite, yeah, definitely quite a lot of changes,
1: yeah, a lot of changes um for sure, and that did take my a while to get my head around, especially considering I kinda was on the two thousand and eighteen bike uh-huh. and then right before the season we they switched up all their kind of range to this new kind of shorter kind of bike, and uh yeah that was kind of another bit to get my head around. Yeah. So it was progressing quickly and uh it was good, but the hardest thing to get my head around was the wheel growth. Okay, Like it was great. Like the commentile grows out so much. And yeah. uh yeah, it was just like coming into like G outs and turns or where I was like, geez, it's like, it just feels slow. Like, because it was just like growing out so much and it was making everything so much more dead or feeling like, yeah. so I was like, kind of like, I really need to crack on a bit more with this bike <laughs> or, like, I'm, like, and it kind of took me a while to get my head around but once I did I was like or looked at the clock like comparison okay. and I was like wow jeez like yes.
2: Yeah, so if it feels slow but it's faster yeah. then you know you're in a good place right? Exactly. Because if it feels slow you can probably push on a bit more but exactly. you already get that time advantage
1: absolutely yeah, yeah. so that was like super cool to kind of see that and then yeah, yeah you do kind of have that like thing in the back of your head where you see a lot of the privateers are opting to buy a common style and, yeah they are getting results so it was all a good way to be going and yeah yeah. confidence was building so nice and this is because it's got the rearward axle path right so it grows Mm -hmm. as the bike squats through the suspension
2: yeah and so that that i guess one of the the theories is that it's it get the back wheel gets out the way of bumps a lot easier right yeah it kind of drops
1: back yeah so no you definitely do feel it and it has its uh, it has its negatives as well. Uh-huh. Uh, it doesn't pedal as well as the Uno or a forward geometry bike yeah. would. Um, but it's like, how often do you pedal? And then if you are, is it a straight or whatever? Like, you know, it's yeah. famous, like four-way motorway or the one at yeah. Uh You know, you've got these just big straights where you, it's not really going to make much difference. If you've got the power, you're going to put it down. So.
2: Yeah, you can compensate in fitness mm-hmm. for
1: that, I guess, if you know... That that's there right exactly yeah yeah so at the end of the day it's a downhill bike so yeah
2: crack on do you find any difference between aluminium and carbon i mean i'm guessing that you know is probably like it's maybe not as stiff as some carbon bikes are because i think caesar's put a lot of effort into tweaking the carbon layup
1: to get that thing to feel absolutely the yeah. way he
2: wants it but do, could you feel much difference in stiffness between the two different yeah. Bikes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I actually learned a lot from the cube guys um before we tested a lot it was an alloy bike. We yeah. tested a lot with uh thinner tubes and different kind of uh stress areas and okay. And that was incredible what we learned from there actually. Yeah. So I kind of knew that uh, we could kind of do that with common and stuff like that. So but for sure that the Uno was it was like no other carbon bike I felt. Uh, it's and even the resin, the amount of resin they used, and how they kind of put it together in the right areas was—you could feel the difference a lot. Like Let it, play. it did a lot of the work, which was cool. Nice. Yeah.
2: yeah, interesting. So you had the opportunity, I guess, to go twenty-nine, full twenty-nine. Is that what you pitched? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did yeah. that? Did that feel much different to you coming from the the two-seven-five or the mullet version of the? You know, like did you notice?
1: Um, not not too much, because I always kind of had 29er trail bikes, and okay. I'd kind of dabbled in them a bit, I was I did have a 29er cube at okay. the end of that, so yeah, um, yeah I'd kind of tested them initially already, and um, no, it wasn't too big of a change, the only thing was just kind of on the same way everyone will say, probably buzzing your arse, <laughs> yeah, especially yeah, on race runs, I don't know why, but. You just getting that just little, <laughs> little bit extra hairy yeah. i guess and yeah. like a couple of millimeters you had is gone so. yeah exactly yeah. so um no that was the main kind of thing and then actually this off season i just kind of bit the bullet and decided to fully try the mullet bike okay. and see kind of how how we could get that going because i was kind of against it like i do right. really like 29ers uh, but no we uh I, again the clock kind of said i was faster so i was like all right let's explore this a bit more and yeah. then kind of yeah i quite last minute actually especially for team orders and stuff like that um i decided to go to mullet so this year i'll be on mullet which is yeah. cool
2: and was that the clock on one track or did you get to try that on various different tracks
1: uh i tried at home initially here and then uh, in andorra as well okay. so yeah it yeah. was quite cool yeah i uh. did that but uh Yeah Because you're quite tall riding, yeah. Right How tall
2: are you? Mm-hmm.
1: About six foot Okay dead Yeah Pretty much Yeah Yeah, yeah. Mm.
2: yeah. More and more people Kind of go in that way
1: Yeah No for sure It's just so agile The way you can turn it Like a yeah. 29er is quite sluggish And kind of those more awkward turns yeah. uh, But It doesn't really lose too much either On the straights It doesn't feel so
2: yeah nice decent cool so you've got this new setup of common so you're super excited obviously covid rocks up we all know about that let's move on but the season started pretty late lear gang very scottish weather
1: you're in your element what did you think
2: when you turned up and did track walk and saw that new wood section
1: yeah uh trust me i was not in my element i don't think anyone was (laughs) even (laughs) reese um but yeah it was um it was awesome like it was it was just so out of place for a typical World Cup, especially our being our first one, kinda yeah. it was just like, Wow, here we go. <laughs> uh but no, I was I was actually laughing at uh, I don't know if you've seen like some of the riders complaining about it yeah. and stuff like that. Like they were like this is too dangerous and stuff like that. I was laughing at them, like just <laughs> what are you on about? Like, we're finally here racing, let's just go. Yeah. And so uh yeah. Had uh had <sighs> oh where did i start I had a bit of a nightmare um couldn't really get a mechanic okay uh before the race um just with covid yeah and getting people off work or whatever so that was a bit of a nightmare and i ended up mechanicing for myself yeah okay with with the help of others so news, that's not a nice week to no, be mechanicing is it with no. those conditions <laughs> yeah so fortunately i had like Guys washing the bike, and then I'd kind of come in, change my gloves, change my goggles, (laughs) and then go back out, but uh, or change things if they needed, but um, yeah, no, it was that was tough, uh, yeah, yeah, so we we managed to pull through, but um, yeah, the the race as well, like I started getting reports uh, from other riders that um, their front wheels were clogging right before the race and it was snowing, yeah. Uh, so we were like, "Geez, like, should we take the mud guards off and stuff like that?" And I ended up being like, "Last minute, right, take it off." And I will run roll offs, and I'll just do as many as I need to. Yeah. And I was flipping like first straight mud in my. Eye. I was just like, <laughs> "Why did I do this? Shouldn't have listened to that. <laughs> but to be fair, by the time I got to the woods, uh, it was needed. Like, yeah, it was it a lot right cool. Yeah, it was brutal. Uh, but yeah, I I did the best I could there. Uh, with a with actually a tire buzz and, <laughs> on the jumps. <laughs> Did you yeah. oh, not the uh, place for that? Yeah, flippin' stung, dude, especially when it's like icy cold puddles. <laughs> but, uh yeah. And then cracked on. I think I got uh was it seventh? There? Yeah, seventh place. Yeah, seventh there, so best no, ever world good. champs result? Ye- yes. I think I got eighth in Valdesol Yeah, one year. So yeah. Yeah, best ever worlds result. I don't know why I always kinda Top ten at worlds, it's quite cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, it's, yeah, or around there. Did um, you think
2: you were on for a good result? Like, did you have a good feeling on that track?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. I was, I, was, and I gave me confidence for sure. Being like, why is everyone complaining? Like, this is not bad. Like, yeah. so, uh, yeah, no, nah, it was all good. Nice. And um, yeah, it was cool to see Reese obviously win. Ah, uh, so that was like, it was kind of good because not only we're because we're Scottish, but because the Brits have kind of. Had like I feel Like a rough go of it With the Kind of French Resurgency Yeah it's yeah getting It's getting really Yeah definitely It's getting spicy at the top Yeah so it's good to see Like we're kind of Working our way back up again Chipping away at him yeah, yeah it's
2: good to see I mean it was a shame How it ended up for Reese,
1: But he was clearly mm-hmm. firing Still at Maribor like Totally Dude on another level Full so. of confidence Yeah definitely it's cool to see It is cool to see Yeah Yeah, the, yeah confidence Is everything in it definitely mm-hmm. it sure is
2: so you came out of that like good race run did you have a mechanic by the time you ended up in marable i guess you didn't have
1: time did you um not really not not for there uh, i kind of did the same there yeah. kind of just guys helping me out uh like we had colin from trp uh, pitted next to us and he would do like my brakes and gears and then uh i'd kind of wash it if i was coming down after a run which most guys kind of would if you're okay you're good to your mechanic <laughs> <laughs> uh but um yeah so and did bits and bobs but yeah I had a rough go of it in Marlborough unfortunately just picked up a couple injuries and uh actually ended up driving home early listening okay. to the race on my phone did you which sucked but uh yeah that's when I had the big get up and the on that gap I kind of just came off a bit short and yeah, that's it. Unfortunately, it took
2: all three of you, didn't it? That one. He, uh, was it? Tom- Oh no, it
1: was. Thomas was somewhere else. He, he. What did he? Do? Well, Thomas had a rough weekend as well because he, he kind of got that fake uh, positive on his uh, COVID test. COVID. Yeah. So he actually got pulled out of the race and practice, and then, Quality Day he got put back in because he did another test which was oh, negative. Man. So he got pre-qualified, which was cool. They did that, and then, well, he was still so far behind, like yeah. that valuable practice, kind of time and then um unfortunately he had a crash yeah so
2: yeah it's it's a rough week
1: for you rough week yeah and unfortunately it's still going on like uh toma broke his collarbone about a week ago yes again he's injured again yeah so and fricks has been kind of battling a couple from last year as well so yeah hopefully the boys are all good and we can yeah can get back up there get the band back together (laughs) get the band back together (laughs) for sure
2: nice so yeah you like you said you had to miss the second race in Maribor I think mm-hmm. with that that get off Did it take you a
1: while to get over that one? Or? Yeah I drove straight back got into. the Well we only had about two weeks or something So yeah, it wasn't, so much, gap, was wasn't it? much And then I uh, was in the physio most days Which was awesome uh, Yeah I got sorted out And then head out to Loser, Kind of with a fresh head And I I knew the track from Fox testing and stuff like that So yeah. I was kind of confident Because I, I liked that track And then, yeah, had another great couple races. Uh, But, again, just, I guess, I don't know. We got so unlucky with the weather again in that last race. Kind of uh, when the rain came in, we're just, I qualified, Uh, like, top ten and we're all sitting at the top and getting warmed up and then the rain just kept coming and we're like, oh, this isn't fair. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, I, I did the best of what I could and ended up, just (laughs) trying to go too fast in the wet but I wasn't how do you approach
2: that then when you like because you hadn't really ridden it in that kind of condition all week had you you didn't really know what that rain was going to have done to it exactly how how do you because you you can't really back off can you because you that's not going to get you a good result so what do you do well roll the dice or
1: yeah you kind of do well we had the race before because it was a double header which was good so We'd learned a lot from that and that was kind of too dry if anything okay. it was getting. And then when the rain came, we knew it was going to be slippy, especially because we heard on the radios that at the bottom it was dry. Okay, uh, But by the time I got there, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was good to know that halfway down it might start to be a bit more yeah. able to push. Uh, so I kind of I went for it at the top and I was, it was so hard. I remember all the... It was, because losers has got all these sweeper turns at the top with with insides uh flat insides yeah. it was hard pack so when the rain hit it, it was just ice yeah and I was I had so many bits where I was just like on the verge of my like tires washing out and I was like <laughs> yes I held it like keep going keep going and just trying to grab as much time as I could and I wasn't too far off uh and then what was it I just came out into the open it was it was grippier than I thought so I just kept pushing and yeah. yeah overshot a drop and then blew off the track but it was it was cool to see like uh that well everyone around me not to be biased or whatever <laughs> but like kind of didn't really like Loris was after me I think and yeah, yeah. he had a nightmare as well and then it kind of it stopped raining a bit but you don't know how much it would have helped the guys still did well at the end. Yeah, it's so, hard to know, isn't it? Yeah, for sure.
2: It's never going to be perfectly fair when there's rain halfway no. through a session, is it?
1: Exactly, just yeah. the way it is, I suppose. But I was glad I snagged uh, top ten before before that, just yeah. to kind of like remind me that the speed's <laughs> there, especially <laughs> you, after Maribor.
2: You look like you're having fun in like everything I saw, mm. like Vital Raw and stuff. It was like, oh yeah, Greg's yeah. on it. Like you were looking, you're looking quick and yeah, it I was like up for feeling,
1: it. feeling well up for it. Yeah, yeah, definitely, but. Nah, it's it's good, like actually I was thinking the other day just having that little bad race on the last race was good because it's kinda fueled me for this off season. Nice. Kind of just like yeah, it's just a reminder that anything can happen and just get as ready as you can. Yeah, put the fire in your belly. Yeah, definitely. Sweet.
2: So you yeah, you've uh made a very wise decision and escaped the UK for quite a lot of the winter. As, yeah, uh, we're hanging out in Andorra. <laughs> mm-hmm. T- yeah, tell us a little bit about what you were up to out there and yeah, and that little that little thing went because it looked like you're having a good time.
1: Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, that was one of the best uh, pre seasons I've had in a while. Partly because I, yeah, well, I was getting to know the Commonwealth guys. They're all based there, which is great. Uh, I changed trainer. I'm now working with uh, Kent Agalher and ah, nice. and his kind of training group, and that's like awesome. So,
2: yeah, Kent Kent is local, right? So Kent that's is local. Cool. I actually yeah. grew up with him, so yeah.
1: he he knows me better than most uh so he can kind of he's got kind of got an edge and like <laughs> if i'm actually having a good day or bad day or if i could be fishing more or whatever yeah. so um now nah, it's super cool like having him close and that's been a big part of it like i've noticed cool. a big change and he's he's been through the british cycling olympic program and yeah. stuff like that so he's got more knowledge than he knows i think uh so sure. that's been really cool kind of to kind of Just I guess I was kind of A little bit relaxed On how I did my training The years before And uh-huh. uh, Not a big change Okay Especially recently Looking back on where I was This This time last year yeah. So
2: Maybe got in a rut a little bit Just got comfortable Definitely
1: comfortable with Definitely yeah. And running Running the Uno thing As I said Kind of Burnt the fire out a bit I'll be honest yeah, that's So fair. uh So Yeah Just um, Getting Something fresh With everything Has been Awesome So Yeah uh going what was the rest of the question what, what were you up to in andora like, yeah. a good
2: few months yeah
1: um yeah andora was was cool because I, I was out filming an e-bike video then i mm. kind of came back and then went back out, did a bit of testing with actually that new bike yeah and then um i met greg who greg menar who'd yeah. recently uh moved in and got a got a place there yeah and had a good time with him, and Marshy was out as well, a few others, and we had just a kind of off-season, <laughs> a proper off-season. Nice. And that was uh, that was really fun. And uh, it was just so cool to hang out with Greg, like, out with a race. Yeah. Uh, so, and we met quite a lot of people through his contacts and my contact or whatever. Like, it was, it was so cool. Nice. And actually Greg said, hey, like, if you ever want to come out, like, just let me know you can stay here. Like I've got plenty of rooms and I was like, shit, like this is uh, like childhood childhood Greg was just like ah <laughs> that's This is so my cool. dream. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so um now nah, it was it was awesome. Although I, I went out and stayed at his, which was so cool of him. Uh he was still in South Africa, so uh-huh. uh it was it was cool just being around the team more and yeah. So many good guys out there. A friend from home actually is out there who races Moto Three, uh, okay, and stuff like that. So it was kind of refreshing in the way I was around typical-minded riders yeah. and racers, but they're doing different sports. It's, it's okay. it was a weird like kind of mix, but it was it it was so good as well.
2: Yeah. Lots of very driven people, I guess. Absolutely,
1: yeah, that for sure. So it was it was really good and yeah. kind of refreshed me for for the season
2: nice did the rest of the commensal teams come out as well
1: yeah so a big thing about moving there as well was when they suggested it when I was there the first time but I wasn't sure if it actually happened but Max uh, and Perique a few others had uh, designed a test track just outside uh, Andorra in Spain yeah. and uh, they actually built a full state-of-the-art world cup track with like sections from they've tried to take a section from every world cup track what it's insane oh my God. so <laughs> so they uh they actually custom built a track for us that i think it's a uh, two and a half minutes three yeah uh so that we can have to ourselves yeah and that the engineers can go test new bikes that we can go as the teams and wow that's exactly what we did like they even ran a rotation like a fox test where yeah all the teams have their slots and come in uh-huh. because there's partly so many common teams now, like yeah, yeah. enduro and downhill, and they all kind of came in and uh, we just we did our thing and and got a lot out of it. With especially having everyone there, like it's so hard to fly in engineers, yeah, team managers and everything. But just going there, they they built a mechanics area, bike wash, everything. So Jeez. it's already a kind of well known off road motorcycle place. But okay. um, they managed to kind of sublet it for almost track so that's amazing it's cool so you've got
2: is there quite a lot of timing splits on the hill as well so you get a good breakdown yeah we've
1: just got like a free lap system and yeah. an ipad so everyone can kind of and all the timing chips for all the riders so yeah. we can see who's who's where and there's a bit of a dick swing in there <laughs> i bet there was <laughs> did you were you happy with your performance like because you,
2: well, you know, you're you're able to compare yourself to amory yeah i guess which is a really nice place to know like mm-hmm. where if you compare well to Amory then you've got to feel like you're in a good spot, yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so well uh, Amory unfortunately was coming back from a bit of an injury and uh, yeah, so he course. wasn't too hot, but yeah. um going from the off season here where I kind of well, starting training again, I just did two month block uh-huh. no downhill. Yeah, which was quite interesting because I never really spent that much time off the bike. Yeah, but I knew I was going out there, and they're building a test track, so I was going to get plenty downhill in. Mm -hmm. Uh, So when I actually showed up and we went straight into the test track, I was pretty rusty. (laughs) (laughs) It was like a bit like frustrating because you just you wanted to get involved, and it was just like come on, like but you you just still hadn't joined all the bits together yet, and (laughs) then so it actually took me a while. Uh, Went around a couple. Uh, like Spanish bike parks because there's so many down there. Yeah. You know, it's awesome. Like, Downhill is massive in Spain. And uh, yeah, like, just did all that. People were coming out, like Bernard Kerr and Jordan Booker and that crew, yeah. and uh, loads of good guys floating about. So, yeah, it's around that neck of the woods, yeah. Exactly. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, so, loads of guys about. And um, yeah, we just we had a good time and then went back to the test track again with the team. And that's when it really got productive and we did some good times then. Excellent.
2: So you're doing a lot of um, not just trying to ride fast, but also doing a lot of setup work on that track and kind of making changes to the bike and looking at all that with the engineers and stuff.
1: For sure, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Working closely with engineers was a big help for sure because we kind of custom built a suspension path and linkage that really kind of promoted me to ride more confident and uh, yeah so that was that was cool and so they're
2: into like tuning the bike for each individual rider to that level of detail Mm -hmm. they're quite happy to do that for you
1: absolutely because they can learn a lot from how uh, they'll try it with other people as well and see how they respond to it and at the end of the day it creates a better bike for them to sell as well yeah definitely
2: Max is pretty obsessed with racing, isn't he? Like oh, he so feels cool. like a no stone unturned kind of guy.
1: Yeah. No, it's so funny, like Max he's, you know, he's getting on a bit, but and he won't <laughs> mind me saying that, but like he'll he'll literally just be floating right around the office every day just checking up on things. Like yeah. he's still got his head in so many uh areas, which is so cool to see because yeah, stuff like the test track and that I don't think many companies certainly like when I rode for Trek would be interested in doing or yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah, how, how big is Common Sala? Like, have
2: you got a feel for how many people work that? I've never, I don't really know how big it is.
1: Um, it's kind of hard to tell because, yeah, the head offices is like just like kind of the brains, you know, and then okay. they've got like, I know they've got other warehouses elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, there's a good, uh, probably a good uh, 85 so employees i'd okay. say so uh, compared to track
2: on... it's pretty tiny then really. absolutely but they're yeah. just so into racing because mm-hmm. how many com- there's like three or four common teams now yeah it's crazy
1: <laughs> yeah there's probably more riders than employees that <laughs> so <there> you go. <laughs> uh, but now uh yeah it's it's cool they're they're super on it and they're they just want to keep pushing it and yeah. pushing it and they're getting into skis now and wow. uh, i know they've got some plans to kind of uh move into some pretty cool locations in Andorra to make it more accessible and stuff. So wicked. Yeah, it's it's gonna be cool to see them grow. Yeah.
2: And how have you have you got a long contract with them? Like how is that set up?
1: I've signed an extra three years, so sweet. So that's pretty cool that um I've got that security there and kinda I'm looking to kinda spend a bit more time in Andorra and yeah. Be around that because it helps so much as I say, with the engineers. Definitely.
2: Sounds like you found the right spot.
1: Yeah, definitely. Wicked. Is
2: there much data sharing between the commensal teams? Like if (laughs) you find something that works particularly well, does Amory get to hear about it and like vice versa? Uh,
1: Yeah, this is a funny one Um, because, yeah, the Muckoff team we all know is kind of like the predominant, like number one team. Uh Uh, And uh, they work closest with engineers. The engineers... Organize a lot of what that team does actually. Okay, that's what, kind of what I learned as I was out there. Is well, like even Atcher, he's crazy, smart, busy engineer, is yeah. also like thinking of ways to make the World Cup team muck off more, uh, you know, just more progressive and just work better. Like uh, he was thinking about all sorts, like, and I was like, geez, like you're kind of going above and beyond here, but <laughs> so. They definitely like away share. from
2: the bike, almost like away from the kind of team infrastructure
1: yes. stuff, like how it all mm-hmm. fits together, how it works. Well, for they? example, I heard them say, "Yeah, we want to have all the riders just fly with their their casual clothes, uh-huh. and we have all their kits on the truck, so they will just show up, <laughs> and their stuff will get washed in between the races, yeah. and it'll all be there, and they just show up, and they don't have to worry about packing stuff or forgetting the right kit Jeez. or stuff like this." And I was like, "Wow, that's like." That's pro. Yeah, so, so it's like zero stress for the athlete, basically. Yeah. So. Getting a
2: bit of Formula One, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, they've been watching <laughs> Netflix or something. Yeah, Drive <laughs> yeah. to Survive. <laughs> so, no, but going back to your question, yeah, for sure, they, they definitely share information. Okay. Maybe not <laughs> maybe not uh, back the way from what they're doing, but uh, they definitely hear what we're doing. Okay. Stuff like that, which is cool, I guess. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, it's all to make things better.
2: And would you, like, if you were getting to the point which could easily happen where you and Amory are kind of battling mm-hmm. how would you feel then like if he's getting that little <laughs> bit more well yeah but like <laughs> if he's getting a bit more support and getting maybe like the the better stuff or the quicker stuff yeah would that get tricky do you think or yeah uh,
1: yeah it would get tricky but if anything it's just going to give me more confidence that I'm doing it on lesser kind of equipment maybe or yeah it can go either way you know like sometimes it gives you confidence when you do get that extra thing so yeah yeah, it's it's uh it's all how you interpret it and yeah yeah ideally hopefully I'll be up there battling with them.
2: yeah Yeah. and I guess yeah if you've got this stuff that's supposed to be the top end super fast but you're not managing to perform on it then you've got that added pressure so it goes both ways I suppose like Mm -hmm it's not always the best thing to have all the best kit. Definitely. Because the pressure's, like, yeah, just it's increasing, um, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: But I definitely do like that, so hopefully I can get to that point. Nice. Yeah. Good stuff, man.
2: So how are you feeling ahead of uh, the 2021 season? Because it's looking like, I mean, we've had a couple of cancelled races or moved races, but it's looking like, at the minute, fingers crossed, touch and wood that we should get a reasonable season. We've at least definitely got one race happening yeah. in a few weeks.
1: Like, are you... Are you ready feeling good like yeah I'm ready i'm I just can't wait to get going. I wish I haven't sooner, but <laughs> <laughs> what can you do eh uh the the only thing that's kind of bothering me is just we still have a kind of uh I don't know what it is it's like we're all kind of feel a bit misinformed sometimes, or you don't really hear too much about uh-huh. who's actually calling the shots, okay, like even Fort William, for example. Like we heard plenty discussion about going to vote on is it okay to have coaches take us to Aviemore, right? Which is like a three hour round trip each day, yeah, to let the race happen. And then, wow, we're all like, uh, yeah, I guess like it's a bit inconvenient, but if it's if it's gonna happen that way, like yeah. sure. And then it's like everyone votes that, and then they're like, no, we're canceling it. Mm. Like, so who actually made that decision? Like who? Where's the kind of... Yeah. And then who's also asking these questions? Like, we're hearing it through our team managers, but then our team managers have so many different, like, opinions. And <laughs> <laughs> and who's actually, like, saying what, when it actually comes to it? Like, although the team writers, like, I've had plenty of discussion with writers, and you'll say one thing and your team manager will say another, apparently. Right. And it's like, so, it's, uh, it's all becoming a bit... Um, COVID's not just that, um, but... There definitely needs to be a bit more clarity through from riders to uci to how we conduct things because it's yeah it's uh it's a bit messy
2: yeah i guess in defense of the sport
1: like this is very
2: unique and very different but it's been around a year now yeah <laughs> so we ought to have been able to put in some processes as to how we kind of Deal exactly. with it and communicate and stuff. So it's not really an excuse, I suppose. For sure. So it's a sh- yeah, it's a shame to hear that you guys
1: feel yeah. a little
2: bit left out of the loop on.
1: Yeah, no, on definitely. Stuff. It'd be good to see like a riders' union or something come about or team manager briefings or yeah. No uh, way rider briefings, sorry. Yeah. There's only team manager meetings just now, but it'd be good to have rider briefings and uh just just hear more of what's actually going on. Yeah.
2: I heard rumours somewhere and I can't remember where now of a riders' union getting formed have you you heard anything
1: on that yeah there was kind of a group email going about and yeah I kind of hope it goes ahead we'll see Yeah, Uh, there's plenty good guys up for uh, running that and yeah I'd I'd like to help if I can And anyway but we'll see how it goes for the
2: riders to have a stronger voice because it's I don't know if you've seen any of the pink bike um, survey thing that was amazing it's been really interesting to Mm -hmm. see some of the results from that but also to see how uh, I guess unhappy some of the, mm-hmm. or a lot of the riders are with the way things are set up and organized, and yeah, you know, some yeah, there's the stuff yeah, fair on.
1: play to that. Um, I think it was Henry from MGM or whatever it was. Uh, it oh, Henry, Quinney. Yeah. Henry Quinney, yeah, 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 yeah. And there were some really good questions, like yeah. he Did hit you, the nail on
2: the head. Are you, were you asked for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. yeah I filled it out and yeah. sent it back, and yeah, I was happy doing it. It's it good to hear that sort of stuff, and really good. um article wasn't yeah. it and it was uh,
2: really cleverly done because it didn't implicate anyone but it mm-hmm. got some really interesting Absolutely. numbers and, and information out that w- no one had been able to get to before yeah. it was a fair play and I think smart it thing. was
1: the best way to do it because if yeah. you put the microphone in front of them they aren't going to give you a straight answer <laughs> for sure <laughs> <laughs> it's only natural unfortunately yeah.
2: but yeah so yeah what, what what are your views on the state of
1: the sport in that respect then like mm-hmm. you, yeah no for sure like and this is where my kind of meaning was behind the writers' union to give mm. them more voice because, really, it's not being heard. Uh, a team manager will say whatever is best for their company that sponsors yeah. them or himself uh-huh. if uh, there's money involved. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the yeah, that's that's kind of my only kind of point. Yeah, have yeah. a have a right. Uh, at the writers talk more because I think they'll just get a bit more rendered view sometimes yeah what what are the key things that you think like
2: if if there was a riders union what would the topic the hot topics be like what sort of stuff do you think needs to be heard needs to be worked on to get the sport good better? question
1: uh <laughs> no like there's a couple things uh raider safety with like yeah. the brick McDonald thing like that's definitely top of the list uh-huh. uh Then it comes back to salaries and stuff. Okay. uh, For sure. Just straight up money. Just a lot of guys are kind of made a fool of. And uh, some guy I was speaking to last week that races World Cups, he was telling me like how he'd kind of been messed around and he'd settled for this, but it was his only way to race World Cups. So he had to do it, he felt. And it's just kind of sad to see that. Like, I know for sure this person was worth. More than what he's getting paid, right? And goes above and beyond on social media. Yeah, and he's happy with settling for it because it's his only option. Yeah, and that's yeah, like
2: it's tough, huh?
1: That's yeah, it's tough. Like not just because, um, like he's a competitor at the end of the day, but I want to see him do well as well. Like I, yeah. want, I don't want him to be look back on racing and be like, why did they not like, or or him find out further in line yeah. what other guys were getting paid. Yeah or stuff like that. Like you just kind of want to help them a bit. like. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, it's like, as soon as someone
2: settles for less than their worth, then it starts drops. pulling everyone's value down, exactly. right? which is challenging because they, everyone loves riding bikes. Mm-hmm. You dream to go race world cups. yeah. So like you say, he's taken the deal because that's his dream and that's his only way to follow it. Absolutely. But in turn, it's pulling value down because brands will be like, well, we've got this rider for that much. So why
1: would we pay you any more? Mm-hmm. So it's it's really tricky, isn't it? Totally. And when I signed for my first contract with Trek Quad Racing, yeah, like I was just like, I don't care, just just let <laughs> me ride. Like, yeah. like I'm still living at home with my parents, and you're just like, yeah, like you're, the world's your oyster at that age, yeah. you know. You're just like, whatever, I'll worry about it later. Yeah. And yeah, I got paid like pennies for what I was doing, but I was like, I'm doing what I want to do. It's my dream job. Yeah. So, but it's when it actually gets to the point where okay and I've bought a house how am I going to fund this how am yeah, I going to yeah. you've got like obligations and if you want to go down that kind of normal life structure then there's there's bills to be paid and like yeah so yeah, yeah
2: got to make a living somehow you've got to make a living somehow yeah.
1: because you can't do it forever sure. and yeah so now I've been I've been I like to think smart in that I've made some moves for the last couple of years to kind of have an after plan and kind of do stuff like that so and then also just get a real idea and and learn what the proper values are of what you're doing and how you market yourself and what's your best way to go down like some guys are an Instagram athlete some guys are a results guy yeah Uh, and some guys like to do uh, like Jonah Jones. yeah super smart guy like he's he's doing his thing in London (laughs) like like doing these portfolios for crazy bankers and then (laughs) he goes and throws himself upside down at hardline (laughs) yes it's it's crazy like so like he he's literally doing and he's still he could still make a living out of bikes which is which is so cool so like you can do both so there's there's options for everyone
2: yeah how have you gone about working out your value then have you had advice have you asked people is it something you've just kind of worked out for
1: yourself over time Uh, I've probably asked people. Uh Like I'm I'm quite good at (laughs) going up to people and just being like straight, like, what do you think of this? Yeah. Uh what do you do for this? Uh fortunately I've like I guess with that kind of I think it's my mum that does that most. I've kind of (laughs) picked that from her. But she uh she'd just she'd be the same when I was a kid growing up, like, what kind of races is your son doing? Like would would you recommend going here or stuff like that? So yeah, I've kinda picked that up and I'm not afraid to, like, Danny McCaskill or whatever. I asked him yeah. when I was younger, like, how he did this and okay. stuff like that. So, yeah. Just getting that just
2: information over time to be Not being afraid picture.
1: to kind of just put yourself out there or yeah. uh, just go and things like Google nowadays, like, on your phone. Like, you can learn so much. YouTube, like, yeah. you need to – like, I need to, sh- to build a shed – couple years ago youtube (laughs) done go on that like expert shed builder overnight (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly so it's just uh yeah it you've got you've got so much uh opportunities nowadays it's uh yeah it's good to grab a hold of them so yeah
2: have you ever walked away from an offer then because you've said hang on that's not i'm worth more than that sort of thing yeah for sure yeah okay
1: yeah definitely like uh for example there was two offers on the table for World Cup teams before the Uno thing, yeah. And I said no to them because okay. I didn't think well. One of them it wasn't. I didn't think I was worth that. And the yeah, other was a good option and what I thought was fair to pay me. But it just uh, the Uno thing seemed more. I don't know, like interested. Yeah. And and I wanted to kind of uh, explore if I could run a team and ride like yeah. Like I'd seen Bernard kind of do it successfully with his thing, but. Um yeah, definitely so just what, want to try it.
2: One of the ones you turned down was more than you thought you deserved to get paid or less than you thought you
1: deserved to oh, get I paid. I thought I was right, sorry. Okay. Oh no, one was less. Okay. And one right. was Got fair. Yeah yeah. 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 So it was uh they were good options and they are still good teams, but yeah. um just maybe not the way I wanted to go. Yeah, fair play. Mm. That's
2: good on you for knowing your own value and pushing that and
1: Yeah. It was good actually having Martin Whiteley as the team manager on Trek because he also uh, looked after so many other athletes like yeah. Anton Cooper and cross country and stuff like that so you did he was a good person the Brent's ideas off uh-huh. uh and then phew, I've been real lucky actually um yeah Cesar was a good person the burns ideas off yeah Greg Minard's a great person for everything <laughs> everything in life. Cookie, yeah huh? yeah and he's he's so cool like he'll he'll help anyone so yeah, yeah. nice it's awesome
2: good stuff man it sounds like you're in a wicked place
1: yeah no it's it's uh, it's cool to be kind of back uh, feeling confident in that again because I was a bit in a rough spot for a couple <laughs> of years it felt there so yeah no I good. can't wait nice awesome. one, yeah I'm excited
2: for you man well we're, we're getting close to the end of our time but we've got our final questions mm-hmm. which uh, we asked you a couple of last time but there's two new ones that we haven't All right. asked you yet first one is if you could have a coaching session with anyone past or present who would it be And what would you want to learn from them
1: um, Sam Hill A uh, childhood hero And kind of just Still watch him ride I'm like wow <laughs> like, It's just so different And yeah I love his approach to To riding and racing And uh, yeah definitely him
2: Cool nice one. Second one What do you do every day that you feel, feel Benefits you
1: Uh just waking up and uh getting in the gym or going for a bike ride like literally just definitely starting your day with a bit of exercise okay yeah it's the main thing like this morning i went for a run and it's my rest day so i just i just like it's just the best way to start your day like i genuinely feel getting up again getting getting your blood pumping and just uh you just feel better for it. Yeah. You've got more energy. Sets uh, you up for the day. Definitely. And I recommend it to everyone. Just, uh, even if you aren't an athlete or whatever, work a job, like just get out to, even if it's 20 minutes, you know, yeah. uh,
2: and being outside as well, I think it's really nice. <laughs> first thing, like absolutely a bit of fresh air just wakes you up like nothing else. So. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, and that's good for your
1: head and nice. Yeah.
2: like it. Well, it's been really interesting catching up on the last few years. Definitely. And yeah, like I say, it's cool to see you in a good spot and, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing some lit kits and some fast racing <laughs> this season so Definitely. all the best if people want to follow you where's the best place to, to uh
1: look? instagram yeah okay greg williamson
2: one i think yeah. nice i yeah i'll put a link in the show notes so people <laughs> can get to that nice and news
1: thanks for coming up and
2: it's cool to have you here. it's a pleasure man yeah it's been a wicked uh a wicked few days in scotland so far a few more days left so yeah thanks man sweet wicked see cheers
0: All right, that's it for this episode with Greg. I really hope you've enjoyed listening. A massive thank you to PNW Components. They have stock of their range handlebar ready and waiting for you over at pnwcomponents.com. So if you're in the market for a new bar that works perfectly with the geometry of a modern bike, then the PNW range handlebars is the one for you. Also, a massive thanks to Muckoff for supporting this episode. Don't forget to enter our competition to be in with a chance of winning an awesome Muckoff bike specific pressure washer. Head to downtimepodcast.com forward slash muckoff now. That's downtimepodcast.com forward slash muc off. Muckoff are also offering all downtime listeners 20% off, and all you need to do is use the code Downtime20 at the checkout on Muckoff.com. That's downtime, all one word, all uppercase, followed by the number 20. All the links you need are in the show notes for this episode over on downtimepodcast.com. If you want to represent the show, then you can get your hands on some of our brand new spring and summer 2021 merch by heading over to downtimepodcast.com for slash shop with all proceeds going to help improve the show. You know what to do. Please keep on spreading the word about the podcast. Tell your rider mates, share the episodes on your social media. It all makes a massive difference. I really appreciate it. And it really does help keep this thing going. If you've got a couple of minutes, then a review on Apple podcast is really helpful too. All right, we've got another awesome episode coming up soon. But until then, get out and ride.